With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Brandon and I'm joined as always by my co-host Josh. Josh, how are we? I I think I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> we were just talking about the Always Cheating Twitter feed, which I strongly urge everyone out there to subscribe to at Hail Cheaters. <laughs> and um, we had some weird tweets and I, I do blame Monday for us in the States. It was a holiday. It was Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day. And so I was sitting on the couch, and usually, Josh, you're you're the one manning the Twitter feed, right? I'd say a good, yeah, ninety five to ninety five point five percent. Well, so Monday, watching the Swansea Watford game, I'm just sitting on my couch in my sweatpants, and uh, I decide maybe I'm going to jump on on Twitter and send out a few always cheating tweets, hit everyone <laughs> with my my hot takes. <laughs> So I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, I was watching the Arsenal game and Olivier Giroud was trying his usual um, back heels and super flicks to <laughs> oncoming Arsenal attackers, and uh-huh. not, none of them came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of annoying because Giroud just wouldn't stop doing it. It was like the ball was a hot potato, and every time he touched it, he had to flick it. Right. 
And so then watching Swansea play Watford, I noticed that Gilfie Sigurdsson was doing exactly the same thing. Like, nobody was on Gilfie's page. Did then, you notice got, Yeah, I, I did. Uh, yeah, and then he even got the yellow card at the end, just sort of for, like, good riddance, you know? Just, uh, I mean, good riddance isn't quite the right word. Just to, like, <laughs> just to screw any manager that might have had him on their team this week. Yeah, uh, so it, nothing no, worse than the 92-92nd minute yellow card. Uh, no, no animus to Giroud or Sigurdsson. I like both of these players, but it, it prompted me to send out my hot take on Twitter in which I said, Sigurdsson and Giroud this week, proud graduates of the Premier League school for the blindly flicking the ball to nobody. Congrats, gents. <laughs> now, uh, I managed to get one like from this tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll never guess who, who actually liked this tweet. It was the Learning Disabilities Association of the Durham Region which hails wow. from Pickering, Ontario. Wow. So, <laughs> it, was it, is that like when someone likes you as like a way, it's like they're like building up their brand or something? That uh, is, it, Yeah, I, I assume that it's either some intern or a bot that just whenever they see the phrase school for the blind, they <laughs> right. immediately like it. Yeah, there are so many Twitter feeds that I, I, I don't understand them. Like, I, you know, they're, they're, they have no, like seemingly no purpose. You know, I like I guess like and they always have this crazy number of followers which they must have purchased, right? Because uh-huh. you'll get followed by like you know, Footy Tweets UK or or like best goals ever or whatever. And it'll be like they always have the you, you always know it's suspicious when they have the exact same number of followers as they are following and it's some <laughs> crazy number. It's like yeah. three hundred and eighty seven thousand followers following <laughs> three hundred and eighty seven thousand people. You know, clearly you just bought a list or something, right? That can't be real. Uh, well, I never totally understand that. I do have to encourage all the fantasy league managers out there to check out the LDA Durham region uh, Twitter feed. They have uh, they're going strong with 256 <laughs> followers. They have a yeah. great header on their Twitter profile. It says, "Don't diss my ability." So uh, I think they're going to give a warm welcome to Gilfie Sigurdsson and Olivier Giroud uh, <laughs> into their ranks of of disabled people. So <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, all right. So. <laughs> Um, again, before we get started with this episode, we wanted to give a special shout out to somebody, right? Uh, to, to, to two people, actually. Well, one is one is a website, one is a, a human. Uh, the first shout out is to uh, the Transfer Hub website, uh, which can be found at uh, triggerlips.com. That's uh, T R I G G E R L I P S dot com. Uh, and if you just is, Google Transfer Hub, it's the first thing that yeah, comes up. Yeah, Transfer Hub. And uh, just a really fantastic website. They've probably driven uh, as much traffic to the podcast as, as anybody. So we just wanted to give them a, a, a quick shout out. And um, uh, I also think that the just the kind of decision making and thinking that goes on in there is about us. Uh, Nick Cummings, the guy who runs the site, is really one of the you know absolute top fantasy player. And his decision making is amazing. And he also has built this great bot called Bonkers that evaluates. I love Bonkers. Uh, I love him. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of player rankings, captain picks. Uh, weekly picks, things like that. They also do this interesting strategy challenge all year where um, people have to have, they're sort of locked into a formation. Like you can only play two strikers or your team. Um, I don't know. You, you know. I think you have to play five in the middle. Everyone has yeah, it's, a, it's like, a It's like if, if, you're, if you're sick of playing the same old templated format, his site offers you ways to sort of um, reinvent the game if you're a little bored. Yeah, and it helps your thinking too. And so, and I, you know, it seems like you know, really, what they're doing is there's a, there's like a kind of like a adult quality to it that I really like, where it just feels very um, sort of measured and <laughs> and like 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 every post, I feel like he like takes a breath first. He's like, all right, 
here's what I want to say. You know, yeah, so there's, there's, there's an that, article. Like, there's like an the, article the that Nick quality. just posted um, about uh, Raid Mares versus Kevin De Bruyne. So uh, we'll we'll talk all about this uh, through the episode. But coming off of De Bruyne and Mares's week. Everyone is looking at those two midfielders as guys they might want to transfer out of their templated team. And Nick just decides he's not sure exactly what to do with these players, but through writing a very uh, well-reasoned article about it, he's going to see if he can't make up his mind through the process. So it's, it's sort of scientific in a way. Yeah, so so check that out. He did not uh, ask us to do this or pay us to do this, but we just thought we'd give him a quick shout out. So uh, there you go. Uh, and the other and thing we've got some to- action happening on our Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com slash always cheating. Yeah, I wanted to give a quick, a, a particular shout out to uh, Mitchell Maynard, who's been writing uh, some incredible. We started these bad photoshops a little while ago. It really started when I did my Captain Ron photoshop of uh, Romulo Lukaku photoshopped into the Captain Ron uh uh, movie poster, the great, the great Kurt Russell movie where he plays a, a drunk sea captain <laughs> with an eye patch. And so, uh, some people have sort of taken up the mantle, and Mitchell in particular uh, has done a, a pretty amazing job. I have to say, um, I thought the uh, Brunt, uh, which is Chris Chris Brunt on the the Burnt movie poster, uh, the Bradley yeah, Cooper uh, movie that came out this fall, was pretty Bradley, funny. Bradley Cooper. What makes it so funny is of, of all the guys in the Premier League, Chris Brunt is the guy who actually makes it into one of these funny photoshops. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, oh, we would do it a lot. We do a lot of those on the Facebook page, so uh, go go and check those out too. I really have to do one. You've been encouraging me to get on board. I mean, I'm. Well, you I, actually I, know how to use Photoshop. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how to use Photoshop. For me, it's like MS Paint. You know, so if you can Photoshop, you I feel like you have an obligation to to throw one up there. <laughs> well, we have one that's in the can from Mitchell, and when you told me which which it was, and you'll have to go to our Facebook page to find out, I got upset because that was the one I was going to do. So I have to think of a new one. So good, yeah. good on I'm you, Mitchell, for really I, challenging me. I'm starting, just still trying to figure out a way to turn Bakary lasagna into some sort of movie poster. And we talked about possibly like Garfield, maybe like, like if Gar- Garfield with famously lasagna. loves lasagna. <laughs> there had to be movie posters with lasagna out there. So I'm gonna, I'm going to find one and I'm going to Photoshop Bakary Bakary lasagna into it. <laughs> All right, so. Um, We've gone through two game weeks since we last potted. We did a we did a major two game week preview last time for games game weeks twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, which was kind of tough, I have to say. I don't that podcast took us about it was like it took us like five hours to record. <laughs> it was really an epic <laughs> podcast, and I think both of us were like, we can never do this again because it turns out that talking about twenty fixtures just in a row for two hours <laughs> is. You're not even like even I had a hard time listening to that episode. There's just so much content. It was too much to get. It was very thorough. I remember I texted you afterwards and I was like, "Well, how did the podcast come out?" And you're like, "It was very thorough." <laughs> yes. If it was uh, nothing, it was thorough. Yeah, um, it's but, a little more fun to react. I will say you want you want to you want to mix. You want to react. You want to predict. But but just predicting all, the whole time. At some point, you're just like, I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Hey, and if this season has taught us anything, <laughs> predicting is, is for fools, a fool's errand. Exactly. But, and, but predict we must, Brandon. Must, mustn't but, we? But there are no fools, uh, so to speak, in the Hail Cheaters Mini League. That's which right. Which, of course, is, which is our, why we're so uh, low, unfortunately. <laughs> That's because we're we're so <laughs> foolish. Uh, so up through Game Wing 22, uh, I've got the top 10 Hail Cheaters managers right here in front of me. And uh, we have a new number one. 
That is right. I'm, I'm excited about this. You know, well, I mean, not not no. All respect to William C. Of course, uh, but William C. has uh, held the. We're all rooting for you, know, you, William C. For a long time, you know, Colin was up there, and then uh, you know, Sushant, Sushant was up there, and um, and in William C. And so now it is Egan O'Keefe, who I believe was number one for the first time. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, his his name Underdogs and. I do like his team name because he spells dogs, D-A-W-G-S, which um, whenever I'm G-chatting you while we're at work, Josh, I, I tend to call you dog, D-A-W-G. It's a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I work at a veterinary clinic, so it does make sense. <laughs> yeah, which uh, is run by a bunch of people who don't know how to spell the names of animals. <laughs> that's right. You think we would have learned that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so um, Egan breaks into the 1,300 uh, total overall points category, uh, 1,303. So, man, I... Uh, yep, and he is an Aguero captainer, as you might expect. Uh, he had 72 points this week, did captain Aguero, also had Kane. Uh, De Bruyne, Monreal, and Butland. So that's where the 72 comes from. Uh, had Firmino, too, who I was tempted to bring in. I, I really did think about Firmino. Um, and what? again, this what? is another, <laughs> another G-Chat conversation where you're like, are you out of your mind? You can't bring <laughs> yeah. Firmino. Uh, yeah, I instead, uh, I, I took out Walcott and brought in uh, Deli Ali, which was a net of uh, minus... I guess it cost me one point because uh, uh, Walcott, oh, you, you Walcott took a did nothing. No, I, I didn't take a hit. I just I, my, the one transfer I made this week was um, I, I meant it was one point because I, I would have had three from Walcott. I got two from Ali. Oh, I got you. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I do. But I you had to do that. I mean, you're saving so much money there with that transfer. And yeah. um, I mean, well, Ali is going to do just as much as Walcott, probably more though. He's already done more. It's true, but it would have been nice to have the two transfers this week. Uh, especially mm-hmm. now because I have this, I have this, we'll get to this in a minute, but you know, I have this Aguero decision that I'm, that I have to, have to reckon with now, you know, I have to decide, I've decided, you know, like, 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 like so many fantasy managers, I'm deciding whether I want to, um, stick or get rid, but let, let's, 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 let's finish up on the, um, the, the health shooters top 10 first before we get yeah, to It's that. not about us right now. Let's, uh, to our friendly listeners. We don't matter. <laughs> so William C is, is, uh, he struggled. He had 50 points, but now he's, ju- he's, but still he's two points behind with 1,301. So somehow he's, he's, he's keeping it up there. Uh, we had uh, take a load off Mane, Sean Comiskey in third. Uh, IX trees down. Uh, column B holding steady in. Uh, f- actually, they're tied for a third. Uh, Twelve ninety one and uh, keep calm and climb up. Uh, was that a new name for Muhammad Al? I don't. Re- I don't recognize it. So maybe it's just it some, some motivational thinking there from Muhammad. Yeah, our friend uh, Sushant is uh, down to sixth. Uh, and you know, Sushant got rid of the other two teams uh, in the Hail Cheaters League. I felt like. Um, we, I guess we, we we teased him so much that it, you know, we were just having fun. You know, he could have had those teams in the league. Josh, you underestimate the power we wield as uh, influential podcasters. <laughs> uh, Calvin Chan's uh, anti Sushant, give all of your money to charity. <laughs> uh, we uh, anti form. Uh, Calvin Chan is in seventh. Um, another new name, I think, in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Gutfield, Ron Kane in eighth. Ayav Nabumbu in ninth, and. Uh, Kazer, you, you say that one. You, <laughs> you said it right before. Kazer Berslotten FC. Late Kebab. Late Kasab's team is in 10th. Right, right, I, right. I, I, said, I said Kebab. I said that like, um, who, was, who was that uh, manager? Uh, the guy, who was the, like, he was like the general manager of Newcastle for like six months. And he had that famous interview where he mispronounced everybody's name. Do you remember this? <laughs> and he called Johan Kabai Johan Kebab. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this. Like oh, uh, I his name. 
<laughs> Very much like Louis Van Gaal calling the Queen's Park Rangers the Queen's Park Raisins, which is uh, <laughs> which is still how I hear them in my head after that. <laughs> it, it never gets old. <laughs> So game week 21, it's not even worth talking about. Uh, everyone out there, we had terrible just weeks. Whole, yeah, it's, it, was, it was miserable. <laughs> I mean, it was actually a compelling week for the league. Um, lots of really interesting uh, results. But game week 22 is where uh, people actually scored points. And um, I happily was one of those Aguero captainers. And his uh, 32 points took me up to 77, which is, in fact, my second highest tally of the entire season, which wow. is kind of sad. I feel like at this point in the season, you've had at least one run in with 80 to 90 points. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, actually. I mean, through 22 weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, you can guess what my uh, big, biggest point haul was. It was 102. And I also captain Aguero when he had his famous five goal game. But that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, I think I finished a couple points shy of 100. That, like, I mean, I had like 98 or something. I also captained him that week. Yeah, I, I feel pretty fortunate. I know a lot of people chose to captain Harry Kane, which was not a terrible decision. But um, I also had Kane up front. But that 77 total jumped me about 400,000 overall rank points, which is uh, which, of course, brings me up to like 560,000 overall. <laughs> yeah, I I finished with uh, 58 points, which is more than respectable. It was enough for a yellow arrow. I, I have made up about 200,000 spots in the uh the overall rankings, I'm, I'm starting to, I guess, slowly get close to respectability. I mean, I, at this point, if I can just finish in the top 100K, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just write that. The season will be like a tax write-off for me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like whatever. Yeah, 100, 100K yeah. is my goal too, for sure. I mean, that's that's really the best that anyone can hope for at this point. So yeah, I decided I think- to to save a transfer. So I'm going into this upcoming week with with two frees, and I'm interesting I'm, spot I'm, though. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It is an interesting spot. I'm not even sure I want to spend those two because one of my main targets is Dimitri Payet. And the thought of spending two transfers, though they're free, to get Pyatt in for a Manchester City match, it's not ideal. So I'm trying it's to think of what I can tweak with one yeah. transfer and then and then save again, too, for the following. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess you could probably make a move. in. The, there's always a move in the defense you could make, right? And maybe Yeah, I mean, I, my, really- my, my continuing Reese Oxford problem. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that's not a bad idea. And uh, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if um, you know Wayne Hennessy is uh, is kind of a doubt moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't know. People are worried about that. Um, I read an interview with, uh, with with Alan Pardew where he said um, he basically like had to he had like a week. Like it was like we'll see how he does in practice this week. I, I think that he he would prefer not to drop him, but uh, yeah. he may have no choice. So I think that's kind of what what we're. So is Spironi going to come in or McCarthy? Yeah, I guess it could. So that's I think an either, I mean, McCarthy started the season, right? So yeah, it could be McCarthy. Yeah. Spironi uh, hasn't seen any game time at all, so presumably McCarthy is first first one up. It's weird that Spironi's even on the team, right? Because they, they actually had a testimonial match for him at the end of last season. So it's like that Ben Fold 5 song, Steve's Last Night in Town. <laughs> You know, it's like they had, I mean, Speroni's last night in town. They had the they had the going away party for Speroni, and he's still in the team. And they're like, "Wait, why are you still here, Julian? You got you got to get out." Uh, I bet there's something with uh, Speroni that is intangible to that team. Like maybe he just has like a super hot wife that hangs around a lot, and they're like, "Oh well, let's keep let's keep Speroni on the team." I don't know if I can I can buy by this this Freddy theory of yours. 
<laughs> or I mean, or maybe he just brings really awesome dishes to Team Potlucks or something like that. Something a little more wholesome. That, that's 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 what I like. Yeah. Okay. Don't, okay. don't you remember where the, where the where the kindler, gentler fantasy Premier League pod? Yeah, exactly. Where the, where the pod you can share with the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's a wait and see. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch Hennessy until I see a, a absolute proof. I mean, I had a nine point game week from David De Gea, which is you know, De Gea of old. He loves playing against Liverpool. He always pulls out these top drawer uh, saves when he's playing Liverpool. He loved that. They love to see a keeper get bonus points. Yeah, and I got a, I got a, I, I made a, like a 2 a.m. Uh, for some reason, I, I I just wasn't thinking clearly when I was, when I was studying my team last night and, or, or you know, a few nights ago, and, um, you know, I went to bed and I was laying in bed. My, my computer was shut off and I was trying to fall asleep. This is Friday night. Uh, like 1 a.m. or something. And, this is uh, a very, le- very descriptive scene you're painting for us. I lead it. a very exciting life. And I, I, uh, so I'm laying there and I said, I'm like, wait, what are you thinking, Josh? You can't, you can't start Russell Martin over. So my thinking was, I'm going to start Russell Martin on the road to Bournemouth and I'm going to have Smalling be my first defender off the bench. Okay. Uh, because I felt like it was more, you know, Norwich had kept, you know, clean sheets. Um, you know, the, you know, two weeks in a row. Um, you know, they they didn't keep a clean sheet at Stoke, but they kept a clean sheet the the two week two games weeks before that. And so that well, you know, Bournemouth uh, struggles to score. You know, often struggles to score. I guess um, sure. Or they, you know, sometimes they they usually get one goal from someone you never heard of, and it's always someone new. Yeah. It's incredible. It's like every everyone in that team has scored. Like by the end of the season, the goalie will have scored. Well, I I decided that you know we have the game eater who plays for Swansea, and I thought for Bournemouth we needed to have the game arter uh, yeah. for Harry Arter. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be like a relegation fight or something. Actually, the game arter was pretty funny. I should have given you some credit for that. Yeah, please. Before do. I moved out. <laughs> Give me your pity uh, laugh. By the, hey, uh, by I get likes from the Learning Disability Association. I don't need <laughs> I don't need your respect. That's true. Uh, no, can't you see like game week thirty eight? It's like. It's like a you know uh, they're they're down um, you know it's a one one game and and extra time and mm-hmm. you know they're they're like they they need the win to avoid relegation like they're like neck and neck with with uh, Sunderland okay. and uh, they finally they win a corner kick in the ninety first minute corner kick comes in Archer Baruch comes up for the corner kick scores the goal uh, wheels away uh, trips <laughs> how does he celebrate and Olivier Giroud scores on him and. Uh, <laughs> How would Baruch celebrate? I think Baruch would celebrate by you know he's already got that like, that tattoo that looks like it makes him look like a bodyguard you know with like the little like wire in his ear. Yeah, like ear. I always think of like a Padawan braid from these from like he's from Star Wars. So I think that uh, under the, the the corner flag he has buried an entire suit, a full suit. And uh, well, he scores the goal. He walks over there. He puts on the entire suit. Puts on the tie. <laughs> ties the tie. Uh, and then grabs a real earpiece and then pretends to be a uh, security guard for the rest That's of the That's incredible. I, I think like like Joel Campbell pulling the pacifier out of his shorts, Baruch should pull the entire suit out of his shorts as opposed to out of the ground. Well, and you don't get – I mean you get a yellow card for taking off clothes, but do you get a yellow card for putting on clothes? Does it work? No. Well? <laughs> I think that's well, fine. Uh, I think it's in the rules. And, and also within the rules, I think if every player on your team scores – Throughout the season, do you not win a spot in the Europa League for that? <laughs> I, that should be a rule. If, if Michelle Platini was running FIFA, that would have been a rule. But now, <laughs> now I guess we will never have it. All right, Josh, I have a question for you. Are you ready to spend some money? 
I, I am. Yes. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's do this. <laughs> okay. So we want to talk about what I have deemed the return of the heavy hitters. Now, we've seen Mares miss two penalties over the course of three matches. Jamie Vardy's goals have dried up. Uh, Igalo, everyone's favorite cheapo striker, the goals are also drying up for him. But here we have now a litany of heavy-hitting strikers that are, are making a compelling case for us to spend a little more money on our squad. Um, so uh, let's just go down this list. We, we pulled out, um, you can all guess which six players we're going to look at. Um, can they guess six off, off the top of their head? Wouldn't it be amazing if someone was like, oh, clearly you can talk about Aguero, Rooney, Costa, Giroud, Kane, and Lukaku, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Off the dome, six, six strikers. I, I, I also like. I'm looking at your notes here. I like that you put everything in British pounds. That's really uh, you went for like a real authenticity here. Like, did you, you know, have to I, find? Did you have to find? Did you have to find the pound symbol? Like, did you Google okay. pound symbol? Yeah. So what you could do one of two things: you can Google just pound sign, or you can Google pound sign keystroke. So I decided today to not teach myself how to do the actual pound sign keystroke. I just copied and pasted it from a Google search. Gotcha. Well, it looks very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. We have a de- very detailed running order today. <laughs> so I'm looking at these six players, and we'll, we'll touch upon all of them. But the one that immediately jumps out at me is Wayne Rooney, who, uh, and I pulled out stats from the last three fixtures for all these guys. Over the last three games, Rooney with four goals, one assist, and six bonus points. I I, I was kind of struck by how cheap Wayne Rooney is right now. And yeah. it's surely because he's had a really terrible season and people had him and immediately dumped him. I basically but he's, he's listed at 9.9 9. million pounds. I have a couple of days to decide what I'm going to do with uh, with Aguero and whether I'm going to bring him in or not. And Rooney is actually part of that decision-making process because I could actually – I could so Vardy, I'm just kind of – I'm feeling a little done with at the moment. Um, that whole – I mean, Lester is – it's all starting to crumble, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's I know hard there's, to there's, deny it. There's still there's still grabbing. I mean, I mean honestly, those those Mars is mis Mars shouldn't be on penalties for one thing. I mean, Jamie Vardy is a is like a lethal pinpoint striker who should be taking these penalties. And, I totally um, agree. Yeah, and they've lost they they've lost four points in the last what was it three or four game weeks. So Bournemouth was the game where they it was a, it was a nil nil draw and he missed the penalty. Yeah. Uh, and Aston Villa um, was another it was you know it was one one draw with the missed penalty. And, uh, and I realized that everything doesn't hinge on those penalties. I mean, they still had chances to score. And Vardy missed a, a difficult but 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 an opportunity he probably would have scored on uh, earlier on the season. What an audacious uh, Near the end of that, that match. So it's an incredible that he thought. And you were saying you would have had an assist from uh, Schmeichel. Cause yeah. He, he just launched that kick. The, the, thi- the, th- the thing is, you just have to accept that if you get rid of, of Mares or Vardy, that eventually – let's, let's focus on, on Vardy here just because uh, um, we're talking about these uh, – all these because we're talking about strikers right now. Um, you know, if, if you get rid of Vardy, he is going to score sometimes. I mean, they're all they're – all, they're strikers. Like if they don't score, they don't, they don't start. And these guys are all going to you – know, so there's so – so the, so the decision for me is I either – I don't make a transfer this week and I save up to have two transfers next week that I could turn uh, – that I could turn – Vardy into into Aguero, or I um, I can turn Vardy into Wayne Rooney right now, and I have enough money that I could do that without without burning any points. Uh, so it's a very tricky decision, and the West Ham fixture is not one that I'm particularly excited about. That I would be particularly excited about as an Aguero owner, 
Um, yeah. And and I'm not. I mean, I James bring Collins is a brick wall. And I wouldn't bring in Aguero for this weekend. I'm not going to burn four points to bring in Aguero, right. uh, especially not with with enough quality players playing at home this game week that right. it's not necessary to um, to have Aguero. I don't think. But after that match, he plays Sunderland and Leicester, and um, and, and you know, then, and then that game is followed by Spurs, which everyone knows how Aguero loves to score goals against Spurs. Right. So there is there's a bit of a concern there about about having him. It's just a tough one because, you know, Vardy is home uh, to Stoke uh, in the next game week. And, um, you know, we, we saw it. We said, we just, you know, and granted, you know, Arsenal didn't look as strong because, uh, you know, Ozil was a late scratch. But, you know, they really Stoke is a is an accomplished team that, that shuts down good teams. And yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So but if I Ray, Rooney's up, captain, Rooney's, uh, Lester playing that match. But Rooney's upcoming fixtures, Southampton, Stoke, Chelsea and Sunderland. There will be goals for, I mean, it seems hilarious to say that there will be goals in United for those games, definitely, because it's been very tough for United to score. But Rooney on form, clearly he, he is now. Those are all games that he could get a goal apiece in, in those four upcoming fixtures. So the question so really is... Is that is not compelling for you? It, it is compelling. I mean, I always... Uh, I will also say that the Aguero, Aguero home match to Crystal Palace, a Crystal Palace team that is in terrible form right now, that has not been playing well for about six weeks, um, basically doing what exactly what Pardew's Newcastle teams used to do, which is yeah. start, off the, you know, start off the season super hot, be right in the uh, Champions League, uh, Europa League mix, and then just sort of slowly fall off over the course of the rest of the season. Right. Um, I mean that like the the last assist that Aguero picked up was a complete joke, right? I mean, they, they, you know, Chris Palace was looking to score and they committed like nine men forward, yeah. and uh, you know he basically had a, had a actually he should have had a hat trick, uh, and uh, so you Joel, lost you Joel, lost one point there. Yeah, <laughs> Joel Joel Ward could not manage to stand up on any of those plays. I I was convinced that Aguero was going to shoot that ball, but instead he chose to square it to Silva, which was the easier like that angle for Aguero's shot was getting uh, diminished by the millisecond. I think he made the right decision, and I'd rather have that easy three-point assist from Aguero than him probably missing the goal attempt. Yeah, that's that, that that that's fair. I mean, so so this is the this is the like this is the question. I mean, Jim Jim Payne on Twitter asked us, uh, uh, Black Horse Cav eighty five says, uh, how silly of it, how silly of me, is it to think I can do well for the rest of the season without Aguero? And this is, I mean, this is like this the you know for guys like us who are in the uh, the nine millionth spot, you know, this <laughs> sure. a guy like me at least, uh, you know, it's. But if you're if you're a contending, you know, if you if you're trying to win your mini league or you're or you're contending for the top overall spot or you're just trying to break into the top one thousand, like whatever, um, the you have to resolve this question. You have to resolve it quickly. Yeah. And um, I, I do not think it's completely open and shut. I mean, like he did, he had he had a two pointer last week. And, yeah. No, you know, I agree. Yeah. I, I, and I don't want to gloat about it because, as everyone listening to this podcast knows, I've basically been laying in wait for this moment for. Like two months, uh, Aguero's been either sat on my bench or right. playing eighty-five minutes and blanking. And this was so the that, game. This was the Crystal Palace game. Was the game that I, I had invested in for. So the 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 jury is still out whether he's going to replicate it. I would say almost certainly he will, based on his form. And if you can afford him, get him in now. Yeah, I. I, I mean, I really, I have to agree with you. I, I don't know how I could. Um, it would be, it would be. So the argument against him is, is the money. 
but that, I find that argument slightly less compelling because uh, you can basically have a midfield full of people who are sub eight billion right now, and they're, they'll perform as well. You can have a, a midfield of Mesut Ozil and three sub like seven point five million midfielders. Let's say yeah. seven point eight if you want to include Dimitri Payet. Um, or I guess he's up to eight million now. So let's say eight million or below, and that just gives you tons of cash. Uh, to spend on your forward line. So in a typical season, his cost, I mean, we talked about this in an earlier podcast, but in a typical season, his cost wouldn't be, uh, would, would make it prohibitive. You know, if you, yeah. I mean, but he's still not quite enough, amazingly. Uh, he had to be closer to like 15 million for it not to work. I think what, what makes him especially compelling at the moment is that his ownership level is so low. So, I mean, for, for one of the few times you'll ever see in a season, Sergio Aguero is actually a bit of a differential right now. Right, um, 20%, 20% ownership on ownership. the dot. And and exactly, and that's how I was able to jump up this week is I chose to captain Aguero, and I really needed him to score or have a big haul this week because I feel like he's not going to be this kind of differential for much longer. I mean, maybe as early as uh, next game week, his ownership is going to go up by 5 5%, Yeah, It depends would, on how quickly people deploy their wild card. I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's part of it. And the, the price does make it a little tricky for some people because you're going to have to you have to burn a um, burn a track. So I think that the argument against him is that you could build um, when when Alexis Sanchez gets back, if Eden Hazard or some one of the other expensive midfielders finally finds their form, um, that you could have a really expensive midfield that you couldn't have if you had Sergio Aguero, um, and that that may come to pass at some point. But um, right. I don't know. Well, so, I mean, for me, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm still a little on the fence, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I mean, my, my season has been such a complete, like, just mess, and it's uh-huh. gone so terribly that, you know, I mean, there, there's nothing to be made for, for just like not, just not bringing it. I, you know, I mean, so I'm really, to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of talking myself through this as we go through the podcast because um, Nick Cummings style. Nick Cummings style. So. Do, you want, do you want do you want me to run through this list of other heavy hitters that are on the table and and maybe we can figure out another guy to slot into your into your squad? Well, your yeah, squad? Let, let, let's get into some more of these because even if you have Aguero, you still need to fill out the rest of your forward line. So, okay, it, so wh- how I decide this is not is not of, of <laughs> supreme importance here. So we have a, this is sort of an order of diminishing returns. You have Agoro at thirteen point three. Last three fixtures, he has three goals, one assist, six bonus points. Then in comes Wayne Rooney at nine point nine. He has four goals, one assist, and six bonus in the thre- in the last three game weeks. And then here we have everyone's favorite villain, Diego Costa. He's kind of up there now. He's ten point seven million pounds, but we see he's got two goals and two assists. Not a big bonus ma- magnet, though. Only one bonus in the last three fixtures. Uh, how, do, how are you feeling about Diego Costa? It, I, I'm, I remain convinced that this shin bruise is not going to keep him out. I mean, of, of the expensive strikers that, that we're talking about here, I, I actually think he's probably the sixth uh, most. Of, of the oh. six that we're talking about, I think he's the okay. sixth most appealing. Okay. Uh, so then the bottom, at, bottom of the pack. So then uh, after Costa, here I've got listed Olivier Giroud. He's at nine point. Two million in the last three fixtures is two goals, one assist, three bonus. Harry Kane at ten point oh prices on the rise, only one goal and one assist and one bonus in the last three game weeks. So you have to. They, they, they did come in the last fixture though. 
They all did. So perhaps his form is coming together. And their upcoming fixtures, Crystal Palace away, Norwich away, Watford at home, then Manchester City away. And then down here at the bottom of my list, Romelu Lukaku at 9.2 million, zero goals, one assist, zero bonus. And his form is on the wane, but they have had some um, very tough games in the last three weeks. So it's hard to know where to place the blame. It, they it is were tough. And pe- away to are- Chelsea. Um, away to Man City and, and then home to Spurs. So all the three, you can't you can't lay all the blame on Ron there. Yeah, I saw a stat about um, how many people have transferred out Lukaku this game weekend. It's it's rather high. He's, so he's the third most transferred out for actually he and Giroud. Surprising, I guess people are, are making the move for Aguero. Yeah, uh, but forty four thousand people have transferred out Lukaku in this game week already, and I, he is not the forward I would be transferring out right now. Um, well, look at their upcoming fixtures, Everton. It gets very good for them all of a sudden. Swansea, Newcastle, and West Brom at home in the next three out of the next four. Yeah, and then there's Stoke away, which. You know, like we were saying earlier, not an easy game, but, um, you know, the last time Everton played Stoke over the festive period, it was a four to three game. Yeah, that's that's true. The, yeah, the kind of the, the weird outlier of, uh, of Stoke season. But yeah, I, yeah, but it's certainly I, yeah, so Kane is it's it's Vardy to me is the one who probably has to go. And if if you had Aguero, so if you have Aguero, no, and, what about? Don't forget about Igalo. Just because neither of us have Igalo in our squads, a lot of people still do. And if he's gone cold, um, is is he a higher priority to get rid than Vardy? Um, yeah, probably. Um, well, I don't know. Actually, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, so Watford. Um, well, maybe not this next game week. Uh, I mean, Watford is home to Newcastle the next next game week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then they're home to Chelsea, which could be a tough match. Uh, away to Tottenham, away to Crystal Palace. I mean, they're going to struggle to score in both those games. And maybe if you just want to make the move right now for, I mean, the, the problem is, I mean, a, a, a Gallo to Aguero is like you need like seven million, right? I mean, it's a it's a huge. <laughs> yeah, you need uh, so to mortgage your team. Yeah, that 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 might take three transfers to pull off. So I think. Um, but if, if you were to okay, so let's say you you're you're not sold on Aguero yet, or you already have Aguero in your team and you have a Gallo. Let, let's rank these. Let's rank the heavy hitters, Brendan, from one through six. Okay. Okay. So, so just to recap, we've got Aguero, Rooney, Costa, Giroud, Kane, Lukaku, and uh, yeah. see so these, these are the the nine million plus guys who are all um, contenders for people's front lines, all people that you want to um, at least look at, even if. Um, it's a it's a, a a passing glance like okay. the one I'm giving to Diego Costa. So how are we going to do this? Do we have to agree on the ranking? Maybe we can come to some sort of consensus. Yeah. Okay. 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 So no, so number because this might be easy. So number one, uh, I think is has got to be Sergio Aguero for all the yeah. reasons we've just named. So let's <laughs> yeah. not let's not dwell on that one too much. It, it's been a it's been a season of odd form, but you simply cannot discount. The last two, three seasons for Sergio Aguero, he he has the greatest potential of all these guys. Totally agree. Okay, so the second spot is is a bit trickier. Um, you've got Lukaku, where it's a fixtures of reform issue, and you've got Wayne Rooney, who um, I think those are the two people that I would be looking at for that second spot. Um, right there, there is a concern for Rooney that United just doesn't have an attacking squad, and some of his goals have been slightly fluky. But they've had these encouraging wins, these late wins. You wonder if they're building some momentum right now. If they're, right. They, you know, I mean, it's it was a good win. I mean, it was not an exciting game, but it was good for them to to pull off that one nothing win in Liverpool. And you wonder if that fires. It was a great goal too. I mean, he like 
like if there was no net, that ball would still be traveling. You know, so <laughs> you like hit that thing like you hit that thing like a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I would go. Uh, I would go Wayne Rooney and then uh, and then Harry Kane third. Okay. So or, or, I'm Luke. sorry. I'm sorry. Huh? I would go Wayne Rooney and then Lukaku third. Um, okay. It's kind of a tough one. What do you think? Yeah, I agree it is tough, and I would look at it this way. Like, if you still have Lukaku in your squad, I wouldn't get rid of Lukaku to bring Wayne Rooney in. No. However, if you had neither and were looking to get one in, I, w- I would at this moment be tempted to bring in Wayne Rooney just because he has the hot hand. So, I, yeah, I, 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 I the agreed. Hot, the hot hand theory, the, the off-disputed <laughs> hot hand theory. Which it, it, it seems at odds with itself because in soccer or football, you're not allowed to use your hand. So uh, <laughs> it's a you wouldn't be a expression, I think. <laughs> I feel like we, we find a way to work the NBA into a lot of our, a lot of our podcasts somehow. It's, a, it's uh, a popular sport. So, OK, let me ask you this, Brandon. What, what, percentage, what percentage of people in the Premier League do you think own Wayne Rooney? Um, I would say. A lot of talk, fans out there. Yeah, we talk a lot about the fan impact on ownership. Um, I'm going to say 12%. Nine point five percent. Oh, interesting. Lower than obviously lower than I guessed. Um, I that that seems about right. That does seem about right. Yeah, his price actually rose as we recorded this podcast. <laughs> he went from nine point nine to ten point oh. There you go, Wayne. You got the always <laughs> cheating bump. But nine point five seems seems pretty low for a player who has eight, sixteen, and nine in his last three fixtures, and he has two home fixtures back to back coming up. He he's just had so much ground to make up with True. FPL True. managers, and those three weeks have kind of come in quick succession. So people haven't really had time to react. No, that's but true. I, if you're okay. if you're picking between Rooney and Aguero, I mean the the choice is pretty pretty easy. But you know, if you're someone like me, uh, it's it's tempting to to make a very risky punt. And I mean, the thing is, you know, Man City do they do have you know, the second leg of the uh, Capital One Cup coming up next week. Yeah. Um, you know, Champions League fixtures start soon. He's got some injury issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be—I mean, you could see him get rested away to um, Sunderland or something like that. I mean, it's—it's it's not entirely, or, or you know, come off the bench or something like that. It's not—you know—there there could be a moment where where he doesn't. Pl- I don't know. I mean, it's—I'm really maybe. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. But I, I'm they're, sort of they're, they're one, they're one point. They're one point off the top of the table. They're going to be scrapping for every win they can get in the league. If if they sit him for anything, it'll be the FA Cup, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And that, Pellegrini that, came out right. and said Aguero is good to play three games a week, and I think that's him basically trying to. Well, it's him playing mind games. I'm sure where. Opposing teams won't know whether Aguero is going to get rested or not. But that's true. Um, it's also insanity, right? He, he's clearly not. I mean, yeah. if you play Aguero three games in a week, any more than like once or twice a season, he is going like his leg is going to fall off. Yeah, his, his poor little arms and legs will fall off. He's like he'll be like he'll be like a like a like a chicken that's been like in a slow cooker or something. It's all just going <laughs> to fall apart. It's going to fall right off. All right, so we, we got to finish ranking these heavy hitters here, Josh. So we we can okay. agree Aguero one, Rooney two, uh, Lukaku number three. That leaves us with Diego Costa, Olivier. Giroud and Harry Kane. So Harry Kane got to be number four, just uh, surrounded by all that attacking talent. He's going to create and siphon goals uh, every, yeah. every which way. I don't know. I think I might actually put Giroud number four. Uh, oh, he's a, he's a, it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, 
you know, he's been he's a little a little more consistent the last uh, few game weeks. Uh, kind of has to play every week because they don't really have a somehow Arsenal doesn't have another striker. Um, I don't know how this like how this happened, but they don't. Uh, Joel Joel Campbell certainly is not that player. So I mean, he basically has to play constantly. He's got the body. I mean, I, I think that he's. He's got that physical strength to, to play week in and week out without it doing too much damage to him. Yeah, great um, body. Really great body. Great body. Uh, so they, they have two home fixtures coming up, uh, and then they're away to Bournemouth, and they're home to Leicester. So those are four pretty solid fixtures right there. All right. I, I will respectfully disagree. I'll, I'll put Harry Kane ahead of Giroud. But Giroud would come after Kane, and then Diego Costa perhaps last. Just just. For the wild card nature of him and that, yeah. and that Chelsea See, team, exactly too many yellow cards. He's a bit of an injury doubt now uh, yeah. for the upcoming game week. So I think that for all those reasons, Costa, I would I would put sixth. And part of it too is that there's no real differential advantage in picking Costa over someone like Giroud or even Rooney because um, the ownership, you know, it's, I mean, the, the ownership levels are all pretty comparable. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think there's any real, um, you know, I mean, we kind of know what we're going to get with Diego Costa at this point. A couple goals and an injury, lots of yellow cards, one really dumb mistake. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is the perfect time in our season to have the return of the heavy hitters. I feel also, like this his, is... fix, his fixtures are a bit worse, too. I mean, they play Arsenal and Man United in two of the next three. Yeah, forget Chelsea. I hate Chelsea. I hate talking about Chelsea. They've been the worst fantasy team in the league this season. They've screwed everybody. Yeah, just, let's let's just move on. So, so we're what? We're like fifteen minutes in the podcast right now. Yeah, just fifteen. <laughs> we're we're like a third of the way through the running order. <laughs> All right, let's let's just jam on this game week twenty two review. There are uh, a couple of key fixtures we want to touch upon. Um, we and we just spent a lot of time talking about Chelsea and Everton uh, by way of Diego Costa and Romelu Lukaku. But here's an interesting midfielder question for you. Uh, one of the big takeaways from this Chelsea Everton game was Chelsea's midfield. Willian, everyone's darling, uh, blanked, and Fabregas walks away with a goal and an assist. Um, I, I wouldn't be the person to read anything into that. Willian has still got to be your man. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Fabregas uh, just turns it on and off. And I mean, Fabregas, you know, he has he has he scored he had a goal and assist in this game that, that brings him to one goal in the season. And it moved him from two two assists in the season to three assists. I mean, I he's you know he's not. A, I mean, his price is so high too. I mean, you you could not spend eight point four million on Seth yeah. Fabregas. Yeah, and William blanking. This is a weird week for midfield blanks. Like Payet blanked, Deli Ali blanked, William blanked, uh, Firmino, who guys like you are really uh, interested in for whatever reason, also blanked. <laughs> He is such a strange. He is a like he was smiling way too much at the end of that Liverpool game. They were down one nothing, and he was running around playing. Firmino, you're talking about Firmino. They were down one nothing, and he was playing very poorly. And he was smiling on the pitch. And as a Liverpool fan, that must like, oh, I would have wanted to strangle him. You know, it was just so. uh, (laughs) He was he was having way too much fun for a guy who was for a team that was desperately trying to score a goal. Uh, so this Everton team is like a defensive disaster. I mean, Martinez basically likes them to run a completely suicidal formation. But what you can say is Leighton Baines and Funes Mori both walked away with a lot of points from this game. Yeah, it's I, I as someone who I owned Seamus Coleman for a while, and uh, I really I, I learned from my mistake. Uh, you know, you just you just can't have uh, you know Roberto Martinez's teams just don't play defense and. Yeah. Uh, and it's just there. There are too many other. There are too many um, 
Toby Alderweireld's or um, Aaron Cresswell's out there, players who will give you uh, the attacking points, but will also give you the occasional clean sheet in a way that you're just not getting with um, with Everton. I mean, they have kept like so few clean sheets. Yeah. Uh, and I say that knowing that they kept a clean sheet away to Manchester City just uh, a couple of days ago, which is kind of a fluky game, right? I actually watched a fair amount of that game. Um, and uh, Well, it was a total fluke because John Stones gave away a clear penalty, and for whatever reason, it didn't get called. We didn't even um, have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, you must have been <laughs> livid. Yeah, because Aguero was still on the pitch. He would have taken that penalty, and he would have gotten me all three bonus points. Yeah, we were pretty tight in our, We were pretty tight in our head-to-head that game week, too. Yeah, I, I really needed that to happen, and it just sort of all went went to seed. Took the uh, wind out of your sails. It, it, it really did. Um so, yeah, Man City, Crystal Palace, Aguero totally wiped out Palace, which they just look to be in awful form. And my, my big concern here is what's going to happen to my darling Wayne Hennessy? He, <laughs> yeah. my, my cheapo, cheapo goalkeeper. Is yeah. he going to get taken out of rotation? It's a, it's a tough spot. You know, also, one thing we haven't talked about either is, uh, is Gomez uh, now having to compete with Costel Pantamillan, who just, who just moved to seal the, seal the deal and move yeah, from. Uh, what a strange midseason move that is! You would you would guess that Pantillamon just just really hated it at Sunderland, or he got off wrongly with somebody on Sam, staff. Sam Allardyce, perhaps. Per, that would perhaps. not be a shock. I mean, there is no way that Pantillamon is going to jump ahead of Gomez at the, in that Watford lineup. Are you, so, are you so sure? I mean, Gomez is I'm not positive. a good goalkeeper. I am positive. As someone who watched Gomez play at Tottenham for many years. He is not a very good goalkeeper. Yes, he will make a world-class uh, reflex save, but then he will commit an, an egregious howler. It's true. But he's a folk hero at Watford. He was one of their players of the season last year in the championship to get them promoted. And, I mean, he's had a few mistakes this season, notably against Leicester, but I don't think he's done anything to lose his spot. They haven't kept a clean sheet since game week 17. Um, you know, it's it's, a, it's well, yeah. A that's because they're that's because their midfield and their defense is kind of hot guard. Like, do yeah. they even have a midfield? What is that midfield? It is a weird midfield. It's like who's in that? Like, I mean, does, does, <laughs> like, does it's Ty- like it's a str- outside of Capoue. I like the, the it's. I guess Ben Watson. Well, this guy Jose Gerardo is meant to be their number ten, and he's just terrible. He's so terrible. How many bad shots on goal did he have in that Swansea match? It was like thirteen well, bad none, shots. None because he didn't. They, none of them were on goal. He had a lot of bad <laughs> shots off target for sure. Yeah, that whole yeah that, that midfield is a complete disaster. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess I guess it wouldn't be totally out of this world if Pantillamon snuck in there, but I would be surprised. Yeah, it's it's okay. Anyway, sorry to get back to the original question though. Uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know what's going to go with Hennessy. You know, uh, it sounds like. Uh, He's got like a week to prove himself, so uh, yeah. we'll see. I mean, you can't be that worried though, right? Because you've got David De Gea, so you, there's really yeah, no I'm covered. there's no I'm there's covered. no match where you can't play him. You know, I mean, yeah. even even in a, a match like a way to, um, I mean, well, we saw he had kept a clean sheet at Liverpool, but you know, even a way to um, a team like Arsenal or Man City or whatever, even if they score a couple goals, he's probably he still going to end up points. with three or four points. Exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. he always comes through, you know, big in a in a big match. So. Um, Hey, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. While we're while we're just randomly jumping around game week twenty two, <laughs> can we go to this Bournemouth Norwich game where Bournemouth wins three zero and talk a little bit about uh, Benik Afobi? 
their new forward they just signed. He's six point one million, and he scored his first goal against Norwich. So that's is is he the new Callum Wilson? <laughs> Maybe he is because it says he has a knee injury right now. <laughs> so <laughs> he's joining him on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not particularly captivated by anything about that uh, that Bournemouth team, but one to watch. One to no, watch. No, none of the defenders uh, are in, intriguing. To well, you. actually, Charlie Daniels. I, I guess through. 18 points. Is that true? Uh, 18 points. Uh, yep, he had a goal, an assist, and a clean sheet, and three bonus points. You do not see an 18 pointer very often. I think you will. Th- you will never hear from this man again the rest of the season. I can tell you that. I believe I actually had an 18-pointer uh, last year with a Chelsea defender, and I'm wondering who that was. It must have been Ivanovic. Ivanovic. It had to have been. Yeah, it had to be Ivanovic. Um, so, yeah. So, he actually, Charlie Daniels, the most expensive of all the uh, the mid, uh, all the defenders for Bournemouth, uh, at $4.6 million. So, not, not prohibitively expensive, but, you know, if you're, like, cruising through and you're playing your wild card and you're like, ah, they're all the same. I mean, yeah, you could, you could for the next for the next two weeks, you could play a Bournemouth defender, Sunderland and Crystal Palace coming up. They're both away matches, but still, you're feeling pretty good about both, about them in both cases. I have to come, I have to come clean too. Um, I owe you a, a bit of credit for urging me to bring in Junior Stanislaus, who I dropped. Uh, who did I drop? I, I dropped somebody from my midfield. Yeah, I dropped Ross Barkley, and to help me afford to bring Kane in for Jamie Vardy, I brought in Stanislaus. And I was a little concerned that Stanislaus was going to lose playing time because of these movements in the transfer window for Bournemouth. But he slotted in nicely with a whopping three points for placing yeah. as it Ozil in game week 22. He'll take that. That's what he would have had, possibly, Ozil, if he played. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I mean, you couldn't even feel that bad when Ozil was out with that injury, right? I mean, you, you were already looking at... I was flying high. I mean, it it just kind of, it was a bummer just because I didn't get to watch him play. Um, Right. And maybe you could have gone for like a a huge week, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it wasn't like the depriving me of the pleasure of watching a magisterial athlete in full (laughs) glide. No, it was was like, yeah, it was all uh, fantasy implications. Took a little fun out of the fantasy game. That's fair. Okay. So uh, Man City Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, weird time because for you know, like it seems like it was only like two or three weeks ago that we were all talking about Crystal Palace defenders, and now it seems like you like want to run screaming from all. Yeah, the and and too. even Kabai coming back into the starting lineup, he didn't look terribly good. He was he was blasting shots over the bar, got himself a yellow card. Did not he didn't look in the flow at all. Not a great match for old Johan Kebab. So here are two questions for Man City: Fabian Delph, who comes in for Yaya Torre, he scores a goal and he looked great. That City team looked more dynamic than I mean they're playing a, a really f- terrible team at home. Um, but Fabian Delph and David Silva kind of looked like he was back to his old self. Yeah, and uh, Yaya Torre didn't start. Uh, so and, and yeah, Kevin, I think Bruyne, fa- Kevin fa- De Bruyne did nothing. So it's a it's a weird time for midfielders on that Man City team. I would love to see Fabian Delph get a regular starting role. I mean, I like him as a player. Even at Villa, he was always a spark plug there, as everyone knows. And if he does, he's another Deli Ali type midfielder. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he definitely plays farther back than Deli Ali does, but. Um, he won't he, play every week, though, right? I mean, how many how many game weeks is even? I know he was injured at the start of the season, but he is not a consistent starter on that team. There's no way. I mean, given what an uh, what a bitch Yaya Torre is, he wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, he would make he would make everyone's life a living hell at that club. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but David David Silva, any temptation there? Nine point nine million. He's goal and an assist. He's combining with Aguero that yeah. entire game. A, if that if that this, duo gets going, it's a good game for Silva. It's actually his first goal on the season. Uh, surprisingly, uh, he incredible. had uh, he had no goals and seven assists uh, going to this match. Very surprising, right? He's a, a real mezzadozel. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, and it was circa 2013-2014 Mesodozal. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, yeah, not, not really. And we talked about this a little bit on an earlier podcast. But, you know, the problem with, with Silva is – actually, Silva would be an interesting player if you were, like, leading your league. If you, you, know, if you were trying to just hold off people below you, he's not a bad player to have because he's so consistent. And there are so many matches where he'll get you somewhere between, like, five and nine points or so, you know. Um like he'll get one goal and a bonus point, and you know, like and, and like the clean sheet one point bonus, you know. So I'll get yeah. like nine. Um, but well, I think if you swap, um, if you swap uh, De Bruyne for Silva, you're pocketing point nine million right there. Yeah, he's Silva's just not. If, if you're trying to catch up, though, I don't think he's a great player to have because he's not explosive enough. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, not not that not that having the like tick 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 of six to nine points every week isn't incredibly. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, also he's been really injured this year and I'm sure they're treating him gently. So I'm not really thinking about Silva at all, to be honest with you. Um, it's yeah. just not really on my radar. Uh, I assume the same with you. All right. Uh, yes. Agreed. Uh, it's, it's a wait and see. It's a monitor's progress. Right. Uh, Southampton three, West Brom zero. This is the last fixture we want to touch upon in our uh, review of Gaming 22. Mostly just for things that are happening off the field with Southampton. Uh, everyone's favorite Queens Park Rangers striker Charlie Austin coming in now at the game at seven point oh million pounds. Instant starter? I don't think so. Uh, no, he hasn't played uh, since mid December uh, with an injury. Probably uh, a I'm, little I'm surpri- rusty. I'm surprised that this hasn't come up more often because Charlie Austin has not played a competitive match in about a month. Uh, there's a doubt about whether he's even going to make the, the the 18 this weekend. It probably won't. Uh, and then once he comes back in, he'll probably come off the bench at least twice. Uh, so I wouldn't even be considering Charlie Austin until about game week 25. And, yeah, so we're- <laughs> and that ends that question. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, we, we, we got a lot of questions about him. Yeah, um, Tre- Trevor Ingerson asked uh, about Charlie Austin playing time. Um, uh, Egan O'Keefe, who, hey, you know. All credit to him. He's doing way better than us this year. Uh, said, uh, do you think Austin is worth a shot or is he going to be just another squad filler for Southampton? Um, some man for the goals last year, but for a much worse team. So I do think that when Austin is healthy, he can slot in pretty well to this team. Um, I, you know, I think that uh, what the what the Southampton team needs is a guy who can finish. And um, he's certainly going to get the he's going to get the ball. You know, I mean, he's like right. with, with Mane and um, and Tadic and even guys like like James Shane Ward, Long, Shane Long. James, well, Shane Long might be on his way out, actually. Uh, but oh, really, where is he going? Liverpool, apparently. <laughs> That's not going to happen. It's a rumor. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that would be crazy for Southampton to get rid of Shane Long if um, if Graciano Pelle isn't even playing. We're, and Charlie Austin is rusty as hell. That's uh, it's a strange one. That is a strange yeah, one. Yeah, so maybe that won't happen. But I, I do think that when Austin is at full strength, he will start over um, over Shane Long. I think he's a better player than Shane Long. I can't believe they got him for $4 million. That is such a That is such a cheap transfer fee. Um, I guess I, I think he was out of contract at the end of the year, so maybe QPR just wanted something. And I still don't totally understand why Crystal Palace didn't just pull all, all, all the stops to bring him to that that squad. 
Um, seems like such a good fit for that team. Okay, so on the other side of that Southampton fixture is West Brom, and we have a question from Shabo Shotetsi saying, uh, "Where did first of all, where did Matt Target come from all of a sudden? Uh, who knows? He's been on the bench. Um, a lot of people had him way earlier in the season. Yeah, he well, he was a, he, he was filling in for Ryan Bertrand earlier in yeah, the season. Exactly, but yeah, he comes out of nowhere to get a huge haul in game week twenty two. I wouldn't bet on that for for future game weeks. Uh, but then uh, you know what's interesting is he had. He had 12 in game week 21 and 11 in game week 22. He has uh, two assists and um, he, had, he, had, he had an assist and three bonus points in game week 21 and an assist and two bonus points in game week 22. Matt Target is leaving me breathless right now. I, I am <laughs> breathless. I'm like clutching my collar. And well, okay, so and Ryan Bertrand is also playing. Uh, Jose so, Font is playing. Uh, Cedric is playing. So he's. Someone is. I guess I don't know enough about Southampton's um, lineup to know how this works, but they are starting five defenders right now, and Matt Target has assists in the last two matches. So, I mean, I guess Brennan, that's like Reese Oxford to Matt Target right there, man. There's your, there's your there's your like for like transfer. Wham, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. And then as soon as I do that, Matt Target won't see the light of day for for the next eighteen game weeks. He'll turn into Reese Target or uh, Reese, Reese Oxford. Well, I mean, Reese, it's, Reese it's, Target. Go <laughs> the more. <laughs> I mean, it, it's working. Whatever Kuman is doing, it's working. They have two clean sheets in a row. So uh, uh, both of us owning Virgil Van Dyke, to have praise be. Yeah, well, uh, but anyway, to, I want I want to jump. If you if you were trying to just to just to sorry, Brandon, to talk over you yeah. for a second there. Uh, if you were trying to bring in, if you needed a little more money for Aguero, though, I, I suppose you can make an argument that turning a more expensive defender into Matt Target uh, could be an interesting way to free up a little bit of cash. The problem, though, is that the next two matches are away to Man U and away to Arsenal. So if you can transfer him in and then shelve him for the next two weeks, then he'd be an interesting option. You can't put him against our heavy hitter, Wayne Rooney. It's it's just not going to happen for you, man. Rune pig would not, would not stand for that. <laughs> All right, so Shepo also asked, uh, how many West Brom defenders are you getting for the nice run of fixtures? Uh, I I find this to be a little bit of a strange question because, and maybe because I'm wounded by Craig Dawson, who I brought in for a good West Brom run earlier in the season, and he didn't manage anything but I think a goal, but no clean sheets. Now I look look back at their old fixtures, and West Brom have only kept one clean sheet since game week ten, uh, and that clean sheet was against Newcastle. So in the last. 12, 12 game, game weeks. weeks that's one clean sheet I, so actually, i'm not bit, in, i'm not interested it's a, bit, it's a bit shocking right i mean it really points to the kind of um received wisdom that you have about these about what a tony pulis team looks like right it's like these the oh, tony pulis teams they grind out nil nils and one nils it's like well actually this season they have not done that. although they've yeah. also been a team in decline for several weeks <laughs> so um they have they just really have I mean, that whole team is the defense. All of their goals come from defenders. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. They're just not a very good team. And, and strange as it is to say, like you said about Tony Pulis' sides, but they've, it's, what, it, they've kept like five clean sheets on the season. It's not good it's, enough. I'm glad he asked the question, though, because it, it is sort of an outside-the-box um, angle, I, I suppose, on right. um, the next few game weeks. And, um, I mean, they're, they're, uh, the fixtures are fantastic. They really are. I mean, they're home to Aston Villa, home to Swansea, um, way to Newcastle, Everton, which is not a great fixture, and then home to Crystal Palace. So in the next right. five game weeks, they have really a good shot at three clean sheets, possibly four, right? And, and you know, the way to Newcastle could be a tough one, I suppose, because Newcastle's looking a little bit stronger. Yeah. Um, 
But you know, and their defenders are cheap. So um, I mean, marginally option. cheap. I mean, the the two nailed on guys, Craig Dawson and Gareth McCauley, uh, yeah. that's five point oh and five point one. I feel like it's, if I were it, looking at, it, yeah, it's not that cheap. What was from? Yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of a tough one. I feel like I would be looking at, um, I would be looking more at Danny Simpson uh, at Lester. But you know, if I needed another, I don't know. I well, I, 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 I think I'm I, okay. So I'll just I'll just make this easy because I'm okay. with you. I, I think that <laughs> they're not keeping enough clean sheets right now. The home fixtures do look good, but you'd sort of be like holding on in faith that they will return to the kind of clean sheet keeping team they were. Um, you know, at the end of last season, and I suppose a little bit at the beginning of this season. I mean, really, uh, just a real downward spiral for uh, our boy Boaz Myhill, too. Uh, I know. He, he seems like such a likable cheppy. He does. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say look at, look at the West Ham defense, uh, Shepo. Instead of West Brom, go, go one further down in the alphabetical pecking order and, <laughs> and, and look at West Ham. Because what they have upcoming after this Man City fixture, they've got Villa, Southampton, Norwich, Sunderland, Spurs, Everton, Watford, Chelsea, Crystal Palace. It's a pretty decent run. And you have to believe that West Ham is going to come out of that with three or four clean sheets. Yeah, it, especially if you could bring in Aaron Cresswell if you have the money for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cresswell is five point six. He's not dirt cheap, but guys like like Tompkins and Agbana are all, and Winston Reed are all on that yeah. West Brom level or cheaper. That's true. Although I think I'd be looking at, I, I would it'd be worth the half million, I think, to to move up to Cresswell just for that 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 attacking threat is so is so um, prevalent with him. All right, so we've got a few more questions to to um, answer. Some coming in from Twitter. Again, we're at, at Hail Cheaters, and then our Facebook page. Uh, facebook.com slash always cheating josh uh give us a few questions let's let's drop some knowledge all right here's the first one siraj grish asks uh liverpool have some good fixtures coming up are any of their players uh for me in particular worth considering or do we just avoid all of their players because it's liverpool <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh perhaps avoiding them they've been so schizophrenic the last couple of months um yeah. My immediate from the hip response to this is Jordan Henderson, six point five million. He looked he looked really ready for it against United. He had a couple shots on goal. He was getting forward, very active, and he's got a brain. Where I mean, it's it's hard to tell what's going through Firmino's mind moment to moment. But and, we. Firmino is is an interesting option, though. I mean, I, I know that you were we were sort of joking about it earlier on the podcast, but in this weird moment where none of the midfielders are really producing, um, and that includes Mesodozal. I mean, they're you know, and, and and Kevin De Bruyne and a lot of other players. I mean, I think that um, you know there are a couple. So one player that we haven't talked about at all in this podcast who we really have to take seriously now as an option is um, is Wijnaldum. Uh, you know, er, Giorgio and all them, Giorginino, Giorginio, excuse me. Call him, call him the Weege. The Weege, the Weege, uh, is 6.9 million and, uh, has picked up, uh, two goals and an assist in the last two game weeks. Um, fixtures for them are, uh, decent, not great, but decent. If you look at the top midfielders in the season, he's actually crept into uh third spot. Um, he's above uh, Barkley, Arnautovic, De Bruyne, Au, well, Yaya Torre. He's only doing that on the back of his four-goal game against Norwich, which was a total fluke. 
Well, no, but even even if that game never happened, he still scored five goals. So he's got he's got nine goals and four assists in the season. But he, you know, so he had four in that game. But I mean, that's like saying if a Sergio Aguero didn't have his five game, I mean, Sergio Aguero doesn't have his five goal match <laughs> sure, against Newcastle. Fine, fine. It's not like one goal in the season. So sure, <laughs> yeah. So I, you're, you're you're not answering Siraj's question about Liverpool though, or, or maybe you are in saying instead of Liverpool, consider a, a Newcastle yeah, on a sorry, relegation scrap. You're right. I, I sort of I, I went rogue for a minute there. <laughs> uh, but the the point was, people like Firmino and Wijnaldum are worth considering right now because you know we're sort of at that point in the season where there's you know like a lot of the players who've been in great form are not in the form they were in before, and if you can if you can pinpoint those players and find players. Who are interesting replacements? It's yeah. a good chance to make up some points, and so uh, Firmino is one who is a, a real gamble because there are because he's I, not I, been in any form apart from those two goals against Arsenal. I just assumed that he had five or six goals in the season. Uh, no, he has I, three I goals. Of, I was kind of shocked when it was just <laughs> three. Uh, so yeah, you don't really know what you're going to get with him. There are those moments though, you know, it's, it's funny that it's against the two best teams, but you know, he looks so good against Manchester city and so good, uh, against Arsenal. And you just think, God, like when, when is this going to happen for him? You know, when is it, when is it all going to come together? He's probably next, next ma- season. I will probably I next it, season. Actually, I think it will next season. Uh, it's Jordan probably, Henderson. I don't know. I mean, does Henderson have any goals or assists in the last, like, all season? Well, really? He, what, is, what has he, he done? He has one goal and two assists, but he's been out for most of the season uh, with that foot injury. But he's back yeah. and, and uh, he, has played, nothing, he, has, he has no goals or assists in the last six game weeks, though. He's just a class player. Right? You look at Firmino and you're not quite sure what you're getting. You look at Henderson, yeah, it is still in doubt if he'll produce or not, but he's class. And if it does come through, it'll be consistent. Okay, fair enough. And, he, and, he's, and he's on penalties. I mean, that's that's your straightforward answer right there. All right. Well, you're sounding you're, you're very strident. You're sounding like John T. Right now, you're very strident <laughs> in your in your in your thinking. Okay, uh, that, that, I, that's my that's your clue to have me pipe down. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, I think that Firmino or Henderson are interesting options. Benteke is probably too far down the pecking order because there are so many top forwards that you could pick right now. Yeah. Moreno's underlying stats remain fantastic, even though they have not translated into anything right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the end, um, you just have to stay away because it's Liverpool. <laughs> and it's just not coming together yet for this Jurgen Klopp team. And yeah, he, just, he doesn't know who his best players are. Clearly, like, half this team is going to be gone next year, right? Yeah. I mean, they're a, I mean, total, a total turnover. And he's just trying different combinations. They're not going to get relegated. They're probably not going to even contend for one of those Europa League spots. And I'm not even sure he'd want to at this point. I mean, yeah. I, you know, if they had a real shot at the Champions League, that'd be one thing. But the worst thing that could happen to them is to have a shot at the Champions League and then fall into one of those Europa League qualifying spots where where you're playing like in June, you yeah. know, against some like random hey, club. Minsk, and, Minsk okay. is beautiful in June. I have to <laughs> right, exactly. They, he doesn't want that, so he's better off finishing like tenth, and then all yeah. they have next year is the Premier League, and they're not flying to you know to play you know Celtic or something in in you know in October. Right. So um, I think that's. Um, yeah, so I guess the point is, um, I think it probably is best just to stay away. And I don't know, I, you know, Firmino has one more like, like if if he looks good in the next match, then I would I would look at him again. I think um, right. he's a little expensive though, as part of the problem. You know, he's yeah. he's seven point eight. So it's not, it's not like I mean, 
He's it's like 1.4 million more than Mares, right? I mean, I know Mares <laughs> has fallen off, but it's, it's too much. All right. Next question comes from Chris Morin. He asks, is it worth holding on to Igalo for one more week or is his time done? Now, we spent a lot of time talking about the heavy hitters that you can't afford to replace Igalo with. Um, I would hold him for one last week. Uh, home to Newcastle. Newcastle's defense is kind of diabolical um, on, on its day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Didi and Igalo still were combining well against Swansea. They weren't able to get a goal out of it. I mean, they weren't helped by being surrounded by nobody else who was willing to help. Right. But, but yeah, I could see him scoring against Newcastle for sure. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Newcastle. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I did love, by the way, that, that Jan Mott to uh, one Eldam goal in Newcastle. It was like the only two fantasy players anyone would consider owning, combining <laughs> to score that goal. It's beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, uh, Watford does have a still a compelling run coming up. Newcastle, then home to Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea are no big shakes defensively right now. Tottenham, we all remember how Igalo obliterated Eric Dyer to score against Spurs uh, just a couple weeks ago. And Crystal Palace also yeah. not great defensively right now, but they've just looked they've looked anonymous uh, the last two game weeks, um, and uh, there are just too many other options. So yeah. I think um, you, you just have to you know he's cheap and it's hard to get rid of him because he's you know I mean his price is still only what is he in the six millions right now? Yeah, like I, think he's six, he's, I think he's six. I think he's six point five. Yeah, so he's still I mean so that's not too bad six point four. So for not that much more money, you could move up to. Um, Someone like Giroud, you know, who is probably offering a more consistent uh, goal scoring threat. Yeah, I mean, we were very, all, we were all very quick, except for you, Josh, to drop Jamie Vardy, and uh, Igalo seems to be in that same doldrums that Vardy is. Uh, it, it's ultimately, it's time to move on. Yeah, I, I agree. Sooner or later. Well, the, the Vardy thing was just tough because you know. I, I thought about dropping him uh, around game week twenty, but then the you know Bournemouth at home, Aston Villa away, and two of the next three game weeks, it, it, it just seemed like there was a chance that he could do something there, and um, obviously didn't. He almost scored, you know that would have changed things a lot, but yeah, uh, whatever, uh, move on. <laughs> no, all right, next, uh, next yeah, Vardy's probably gone on my team. Next question. Uh, next question comes from uh, Tom Butcher. He says, uh, "I'm thinking of ditching Mares and KDB. Who would you bring in?" He says he already has Pyatt, Ali, and Ozil. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question because, uh, let's see, my midfield right now, Stanislas, Ali, De Bruyne, Mares, and Ozil. Uh, I'm not in too dissimilar shape. Pyatt is one of those guys I'm looking to try and uh, figure out a way to get him in. Yeah, Jordan? I think, yeah, the Arsenal, Yeah, I don't think you'd want to do the Arsenal, um, the non-Ozil midfielders right now. None of them are delivering consistently enough. If you are willing to wait, uh, so you could make. If you wanted to get rid of Mars, you were just done with them. I think that the you know someone like Wijnaldum is an interesting option, uh, or even Ross Barkley. I mean, yeah, he hasn't yeah, really done I much mean, the last two game weeks, but Swansea but, and Newcastle back to back. I mean, those are great home fixtures. Yeah, I think they have a good run of fixtures coming up. This is all. This is an interesting question too because you have two very different options in, in terms of who to bring in, depending on if you're dropping Mares or Kevin De Bruyne, because yeah. Kevin, you're like uh, 10 million plus getting rid of KDB. We were talking about earlier, maybe doing a swap between KDB and David Silva. Yep. I mean, that's 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 definitely something to, to think about. Um, what about Alexis Sanchez? What's 
Give us the latest injury report on Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, the latest uh, on, on Alexis Sanchez is that it looks like he is uh, set to come back this weekend. Um, may not be uh, set to start, um, but yeah. I'm definitely looking at, you know, a De Bruyne to Sanchez move is a move that makes a lot of sense. Um, if not this game week, then possibly next game week. Right. This is such a tough question because this is the last couple of game weeks have not been game weeks for midfielders. We haven't seen a lot of production there. So guys who were darlings just a few weeks ago, like Arnatovich um, or Ozil, are being replaced, or Payet. Now you've got um, Erickson coming off of a two-goal two goal game week. Of course, I don't have him in my yeah. squad anymore. You could um, argue for keeping De Bruyne, I suppose, for... Uh, for those Sunderland and Leicester fixtures, even 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 possibly that Spurs fixture. Yeah, De Bruyne might actually even look a little bit different if the City team starts really firing with Aguero coming to the fore. Yeah, he did pick up six points. Uh, you know, the game against. I mean, it feels like a completely forgotten six points. Yeah, um, like no no one's impressed by it because we know what he can do. But you know, it was not terrible, and he looked pretty good uh, in different you know phases in the match. So yeah. Um, yeah, he actually looked pretty good against Everton, too, I thought. So, you know, he's given his fixtures coming up, I think he is maybe less essential than, than Mares. I mean, Mares really looks out of form right now. Yeah. And um, the fixtures for them are not fantastic. I mean, Stoke at home, you can see them not, you can see them being shut out there. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, another tough fixture. Away to Man City after that. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of heartbreaking to get rid of Mar- I mean, so yeah, and then they're, they're actually away to Man City and Arsenal back to back matches in game week 25 and 26. So yeah. I don't think that getting rid of Mares is going to kill you. Um, and he's still not that expensive. So you could bring, yeah. you could take him out for, it's not like he has to be out of your team forever. You know, you take them out for four weeks, and then you can bring them back in game week 27 when they play Norwich and West Brom at home back to back. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's well, not so bad. Well, on that, we have another question from Twitter from Alex at, at Alex Waterbaby. He says, Hello, boys. Love the pod. If you only had one spot in your midfield, who would you take, Mares or Payet? And I think I know how both of us are going to answer. Well, I know how I'm going to answer, but it's got to be Payet, right? Yep, I think it's got to be Payet, uh, just given the fixtures coming up, given the way he's looked the last few game weeks, uh, given that he doesn't miss penalties every week. I think that's a big <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. well, I feel like we shouldn't talk ill of Mara. Let's just, let's just move on. Yes, def- no. definitely Payet. I feel bad about I, I don't want to like I don't want to shit on Mara's too much. He here, will you know? go down as a great folk hero of the 2015-2016 season and yeah. and a couple missed penalties can never take that away from him. We love yeah. you. We love you, Riyadh, wherever you are. They're still joint top of the table and I think we all see the the collapse coming, but I, I really hope they at least hang on for a, a Champions League spot. How cool oh, would that be? Yeah. It it would be glorious. It yeah. would be glorious. All right, FPL Junior asks, uh, at Hell Cheaters, what defenses should we invest in? Are Gomez and Hennessy now going to get dropped, or at threat of it, Pantil and bad keeping are issues there? So um, we kind of touched upon all these issues earlier in the pod, but uh, just to recap, um, what kind of de- what what defenses are titillating you right now, Josh? <laughs> Uh, I'm always titillated, Brandon, uh, whether it's <laughs> I mean, defenders or, or anything. Uh, well, Defenses are just such a freaking um, maddening crapshoot this season. It's, it's a really tough time for, for defenses. It's, it's hard to find. I mean, I guess West Brom, who we talked about earlier, is an interesting option. 
um, just because the fixtures are so good. Yeah, uh, and, even though and, we've, we both said that neither of us are, consi- are, are considering them, they're still an option. Yeah, and West Ham, West Ham on top of that, I think their fixtures after Man City are starting to look really great. Yeah, I mean, the Everton fixtures and the West Brom fixtures are the best fixtures over the next four to five game weeks. Um, but in both cases, you're looking at it, you're looking at teams that can't keep clean sheets, and so it's right. sort of it's it comes back to the classic form versus fixtures question. And I I tend to be more of a fixtures pers- player than a form fixture. Right. Um, this season really has been more of a form season. Uh, so you know, I think. Um, it's hard. It's hard to find a heavy hitting defense that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you want, if you want to bring in a defender for you know for a couple of weeks that you could stash on your bench and move in and out. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think uh, Lester is an interesting option long term. Um, you just you you know you wouldn't want to play them every week, but you know Stoke and Liverpool those two those two weeks I could see them keeping clean sheets in those. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they will, but it's 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 certainly possible. Yeah. Um, and then you stash them for a couple of weeks, and then you you, know, you can play them again um, at home to Norwich and home to West Brom and Newcastle in game weeks 27, 28, and thirty. Uh, and that's those are interesting. Um, that's an interesting option. I think. Um, I mean, I'm I'm excited to have a Man U defender for the next few game weeks because I think. Um, at home to Southampton, home to Stoke, and away to Sunderland in three of the next four. I think they can keep clean sheets in all three of those. Yeah. Or three out of four of those. That there's a away match to Chelsea, which is, might be a tough one. But Now, um, uh, this this was another tweet that I commandeered on at Hell Cheaters, but Ashley Williams, our most favorite, handsomest person in the entire Premier League. Swansea has uh, away to Everton, away to West Brom, home to Crystal Palace, and home to Southampton. Um Clean sheets, maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, that defense has looked pretty strong the last month or so. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's I think it's possible. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I we we love our swans, don't we, Brandon? Absolutely. My God. Yeah, I don't, beautiful, I like beautiful animal. I'm feeling kind of the same way you are about defense. It's hard to have a good read on them right now. I mean, I I don't know that we could recommend any particular defensive team with any confidence. I mean, even even. Uh, even Spurs, who we sort of sort of there's this you know idea that Spurs is the is kind of the the, the team that's keeping the clean sheets right now, but it, they really aren't, and uh, and they, they gave up a lot of disappointing goals, and I, I don't know, I, I just think um I mean that that PBA goal uh, over the weekend was a crazy, it was a ridiculous goal. Well, um, well I don't yeah, know, it was well, a, an insane counterattacking goal. I mean, it came out of absolutely nothing. Well, the problem was Deli Ali was left there to defend on the wing, and he he just was not equipped in any way, shape, or form to guard PBA. Yeah, to guard him uh, again with the basketball references. Okay. Uh, the the final question actually comes from from El Magico on Twitter, but it's about double game weeks, and so uh, we're gonna we're gonna shelve the double game week question until next week. Or even possibly the following, because we just don't know enough right now uh, until the Capital One Cup fixtures are uh, completed. And um, the, right now, they're just they're, they're It's like a head. It makes your head spin to think about how many permutations there are. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's not just the four teams, but all of the teams they play as well. Yeah. And the makeup dates haven't been decided yet, and so we'll know a lot more once we know who actually makes the Capital One Cup final. Uh, I should just say the League Cup final. I'm not being paid by Capital One Cup to say their name. Uh, <laughs> What's so in your wallet, Josh? So let's, yeah, let's plan to have a double game week, uh, like really get into it because there's a lot of – the double game weeks, I mean, there's, it's going to be so fascinating this year how to play them because yeah. you have second and a half wild cards. You have uh, – Triple all, captain all, base all boost. Of, 
Yeah, all of all of the all of the chips. Base, uh, it's just called so the bench many. boost, the bass boost. Like it was an old <laughs> boombox radio from my my junior high school days. So I think um, I mean you can move up hundreds of thousands of spots if you play these double these double game weeks right. And so I really want to I want to give it the uh, the the time it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've we've dawdled long enough. It's finally time to get into the optimizer. So get into your Maxell chair, Josh, which I, I know you're <laughs> fond of. And yep. uh, let's let's look at game week 23 and set our teams here. Okay, um, let's do it. You have the, you have the fixture list in front of you. Let's take yeah, take I do. Through it. I do. All right, so you're fixtures. so prepared. Yeah, I, I am ready this time. We have eight fixtures on Saturday and two fixtures on Sunday. Uh, this might be a, a fun weekend to get together and watch some games. I don't have Absolutely. any Absolutely. I, I kind of Oh, wait. Oh, you can't. You can. It's your anniversary. Yeah. There, well, there's also like Snowmageddon that's coming to the Northeast here in the States. So we right, we so, could all be dead by this point. All right. Fine. This is more like a stay at home, maybe go out to get a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich and, and watch soccer for seven hours. Mm, I'm also nice. happy with that. <laughs> I, I actually love the weekends where there are no Monday games, so we're all it's all cut and dry come Sunday afternoon. The Monday games are no fun as an American. Uh, okay, so uh, first fixture is a uh, the early morning fixture on Saturday is Norwich hosting Liverpool. I feel mm-hmm. like we've talked about Liverpool a fair amount already in this podcast. I'll be watching this match uh, with no um, fantasy implications. I'll be watching it with interest to see uh, how Liverpool look because. I kind of I, I'm sort of talking myself into this Firmino thing, but I need I need I need a I need him to show me something. And um, and your boy um, Jordan Henderson. Uh, well, you know, I know. If, we'll if, I don't, if I don't bring Jordan in, this will be a, a pure watch, as sponsored by the pure driven snow of Snowmageddon, snow, <laughs> snow, apocalypse. This, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's an early it's an early pure watch. I mean, yeah. uh, the the first game is a pure watch. Does that mean you'll get up for it? Or if it's a pure watch and it's the early morning fixture as an American, do you just sleep right through that match? No, I will I will set the alarm, I will fire up the iPad, and I will drift in and out of sleep as it plays over my shoulder. I like that. Okay, that yeah. sounds about that. I think I'll <laughs> probably do the same, actually. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, in terms of predictions, uh, I don't know, like, 2-1 Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. It'd be a good test for Jurgen Klopp's boys. I think that yeah. they're ready to to I think they're probably ready to demolish a team. Just just sheer anger exuding out of <laughs> poor Jurgen Klopp and his gritted gritted teeth. And they but, could uh, keep a clean sheet in this match. I mean, in terms of game week game week 23 clean sheets seem are a little hard to predict, but I, I think you could see you could see two nothing here as well. Yeah, unless unless Mobicani gets on the pitch. Uh, Spurs Crystal Palace. Uh, not feeling good about this Crystal Palace team at all. Uh, I think this is like a three nothing Spurs win. Uh, not planning to captain Kane, although he may end up as my vice captain, depending on how uh, some yeah. other play out this week. Yeah, I I agree. It's it's hard to put the armband on Kane just because uh, Selhurst Park has fair or not a reputation of being a bit of a bear pit. And as bad as Crystal Palace have looked, you expect them uh, someday to actually show up and play a little defense. I yeah, I agree. I mean, it was only it wasn't that long ago that we were looking at Crystal Palace as a as a real as, a, as an excellent defensive option. Yeah. And I think um, I don't know. I guess yeah. I don't. I I don't really say that, Josh, to say I think Crystal Palace is going to put up a real fight here. But I just agree that Harry Kane. While I'm going to be super enthusiastic to start him in. Uh, this game week, it's uncertain what his returns will be. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's um I'm certainly gonna play all my all my Spurs players and if I had a Spurs defender I would play him too. So Eric Dyer, he's for me. Uh, he's my guy. <laughs> he's your, hey, you got you got an assist from him midweek, so I that, did. you know yeah, I not did. for nothing. God, the Spurs defense is just so frustrating because they're so good, but clean sheets are just few and far between for them. Yeah, I agree. All right, okay. let's move on. Yep, uh Lester hosting Stoke, uh very hard game to predict. Yeah. Uh, I think that I I would not be surprised if this is another nil nil match. Yeah, I and this is the you know to go back to sort of, sort of bring the episode full circle. This is a really tricky one for me because I'm either going to stick with Jamie Vardy for one last week um, in order to have two transfers in order to bring in Aguero next week, or I'm probably going to turn Vardy into Wayne Rooney. And if I had Wayne Rooney, I'd, I'd be tempted to captain him this week. Uh, so it's um. I, I'm just I, I gotta look at some numbers more. I mean, honestly, I have to do some actual work. I think and like look at some <laughs> underlying stats and just I, you know I don't know like have some people who are who are more mathematically inclined than me help me make this decision because yeah. it feels like a very tricky one. And uh, if I if I you know because if I if I don't go with Aguero. If I you know I don't if I don't start to make the long term Aguero move, then I'm sort of committing myself to not having him for yeah. you know for for several weeks possibly. Right. Uh, I mean you know it could be an interesting thing because you know if if they win that well anyways the the, 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 double, the double game weeks in the league cup could really affect this decision too. Um, so it's a tricky one. This is uh, a so, big, this is a big fixture for Vardy and Mares because any manager who stuck it out with either of these guys up to this point, if they blank against Stoke at home, their their ownership is going to plummet to next to nothing, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's a good chance I'll have one, one at least one player starting in this match, uh, you know, either Vardy or, or Mares. Yeah. Um, I, I have, possibly both if I don't make a transfer. And I have my favorite situation of playing one defender against another defender, of Robert Huth, up against Glenn Johnson. Ooh. Which always guarantees that it'll be a 1 1 uh, draw. Yeah, that's a great uh, Liverpool Stoke circa 2000. Or, or, wait, yeah, Liverpool Stoke. That's right, because Huth is an old Stokey. <laughs> he is an old Stokey. <laughs> a potter, I should say. He's Stokey. an old potter. He's made up a new mascot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, what do you think, Brent? I'm gonna, I, what, I, how does nil-nil sound to you for this match? Uh, I don't know. It sounds unlikely. I, I, I'm going to guess, actually, 2-3 Stoke win in a thriller. Wow. Okay, so just one of those total change-up kind of matches where you, you uh, think it's going to go one way and it... <laughs> You think it's zigging, and then it, and then it zags. I do. I Stoke. I Stoke. It seems to be like every three games they get into a mode where they'll just let in as many goals as they have to to win. <laughs> They're kind of due for one of those games. <laughs> and Leicester is also due to score some goals. Like this team is too good to. Even though they're kind of on the decline, they're too good to not score any goals. I can't decide if they're not scoring. I think it's a combination of the two. So uh, that kind of answers it right there. But I can't decide if they're if they've fallen off from a, from an offensive point point of view, or if they you know, in other words, like they're just they're missing chances and they're just not um, you know converting as well as they were before, or if there really is a a, a major tactical switch that is taking place right now with um with the way that um. 
uh, what's their manager's name? Um, the way that um, Claudio Ranieri. Thank you. The way that, uh, Ranieri is um, organizing this this defense right now right. and sort of playing for one nil. You know, right. I, I don't know. I mean, because there was a lot of the, I know the announcers and they um, and their the less rest of basically said, you know, when you you bring off Mares. You're, it's a very conservative move, you know, yeah. and you're you're basically playing for one nothing, and uh, and he paid the price for it, you know, and then once they score, uh, they didn't have enough creativity to uh, to score that second goal. So right. um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I I think you're right; they could open up, but I actually am, I'm sticking with my nil nil prediction. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, Two. that brings us to Man U Southampton. So Southampton is on a bit of a roll. They are coming off of two clean sheets in a row. Um, they're actually scoring goals, or they did against West Brom, three of them. Uh, but United is, is going to be really stingy here, I'm sure. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, on fire means one nothing for them. But In fact, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to stick with. I, I say one nothing Man United. Chris Smalling gets his first goal of the season. That is my goal-scoring prediction and clean sheet of the week. No, okay, I'll, I'll go with you on the score line, but I think David De Gea is actually going to score. He's your goal. He's your guaranteed goal of the week. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Bet, <laughs> bet lots of money on that. Uh, all right. So that. Uh, but we, we. I think one nothing seems about right. Yeah, uh, ag- agreed. Yeah. Sunderland. But, uh, Charlie. Charlie Austin gets in for a late sub. Even. Ooh. Uh, I don't think so. I think he does not make the squad yet. I mean, yeah, the guy okay. hasn't played in a month. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think he makes the squad in game week 24 and then maybe starts in game week 25. All right. Moving on. Uh, Sunderland, Bournemouth. I think that this is actually the, maybe the true pure watch of the week. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. I mean, um, Manone's back. <laughs> Vito Manone. Vito the man. <laughs> I do love to say that name. It, it is fantastic. It's a great name. And he looks like a Vito Manone, too. It's just great. Now, there's nothing sadder than a Bournemouth that doesn't score goals. It, it just makes me delighted when Bournemouth is scoring. So I'm glad that they're playing Sunderland, who will let in goals. So um, I'd like to see Bournemouth score. I'd like to see them win this game. And me, too. It's, dis- despite the fact that it feels like they've been playing really well uh, the last— which they have been uh, most of the last few—in the last few game weeks, they've been playing pretty well— um, but they're only three points off 18th place, and uh, I mean this is this really is a bit of a six pointer, um, yeah. you know. So I, it's 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 not like Bournemouth is safe. I mean, I'd I like to think they are, but um, I actually think they're probably going to lose this match, and I'm going to predict a two one Sunderland win. Oh, interesting. I was just going to ask you if I should start Junior Stanislaus in this match, but uh, I think you kind of answered my question. I don't. I mean, it's possible. I. I, I Sunderland have been playing a lot better, um, yeah. and I do not think they're going to go down this year, actually. I, I just can't imagine a Sam Allardyce team going down. All right, right. All right, yeah. it, it is agreed. It, and it's because they'll be able to find a way to win games like this that they stay up. It is agreed. Can you see Can you see an Arthur Burrich uh, against Jermaine Defoe, sort of tete-a-tete a, a la Olivier Giroud? I, I, I could close, see that. If I close my eyes, I can see it right now. <laughs> Just squint really hard. Uh, another heavy week for pure watches, Brandon. Uh, Watford, Newcastle. Yeah, uh, awesome. Okay, so uh, the the big uh, big question: uh, Dini and Agallo, are they going to actually do something this week? And so, yeah, so this is kind of last chance saloon for these guys for a lot of managers, I imagine. Yeah, it is. I think they will score a little bit, though. I think um, a little um, bit, a little, a little bit, just just a. Just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say two nothing, two nothing. Watford win. 
Uh, 2-1. 2-1. Newcastle will get a goal. Mitrovic is going to score. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, we didn't. We haven't even talked about John Joe Shelby uh, going to Newcastle, and how he was like giving a man of the match performance against West Ham. Yeah, that's uh, true. He's a forgotten fantasy asset. Remember, remember earlier in the season. Too. I did. Earlier, I remember earlier the season. Which what, what do you want me to remember? <laughs> uh, how how we were betting who was going to score more fantasy points, Andre Ayew or uh, John Joe Shelby. That's true. I mean, AU is out to a big lead, but it's not. It's not impossible. I mean, let's, it's, okay. It's, let's let's take a quick look here. Let's 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 just be super indulgent here for one second. <laughs> okay. okay. So Shelby is on forty five points on the season. He has uh, one goal and three assists. Okay, and uh, we go to uh, IU. IU is on. Uh, one hundred and one points on the season. Oh, <laughs> fifty six more points. Uh, okay. he, he is on uh, seven goals and three assists. Okay, uh, so it is settled. Uh, well, <laughs> he cannot so catch up to you. Jancho is basically going to have to go on a Jamie Vardy esque run to uh, catch up. He might have to actually break Vardy's record in order to overcome Mayo. Well, if anybody can do it, it's Jancho. So we're <laughs> we're rooting right. for you. We're rooting yep. for you, Jancho. Uh, all right, so uh, another pure watchy kind of game. I, like we're we're running out of Aquafina here, Brandon. There's there's so many <laughs> so many pure watches. There's so many pure products out there to sponsor this segment. <laughs> uh, West Brom Aston Villa, uh, a game I. It's a Midlands derby, uh, but I have I, I I'm not feeling I'm not really feeling this one. You know, I'm not feeling too excited about this match. I want my I want my accolades because the last episode of the podcast I basically predicted six points from two games for Aston Villa, and they walked away with four, which for a Villa team is pretty damn good. It's not bad. It was it was a ludicrous it was ludicrous that they scored points. Actually, no, I, I take that back. Uh, they looked. They were thoroughly outclassed by Leicester in the first half of that match and really played better than them in the second half. So it was a deserved draw for them uh, against Leicester, but they should not be beating Leicester. Yeah. So, so I don't know what to say. I guess I guess, I guess get on them. Uh, yeah. I, 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 speaking of, I don't really know what to say about this West Brom Villa game. It, it's it's not terribly appealing. Yeah, I've had Micah Richards bared on my bench for about 13 weeks, and uh, he might actually— I guess I might start him in this match. Uh, he did start in the FA Cup replay today, and they kept a clean sheet, so that's encouraging. Uh, although I'm not sure that Remy Gard would want to mess with his defense right now. Uh, even even though um, Michael Richards is the captain, I wonder if he has to work his way back to that rotation, given how they played the last two weeks. Yeah, and hey, and another transfer option is bringing in Mark Bunn, the newly minted starting goalkeeper for Aston Villa. Pray Ten for points. <laughs> yeah, I know. Penalty save, man. So, I know. Yeah, tough one. Yeah. Bar- so Bun is, yeah. is actually more expensive than Guzan right now. <laughs> Guzan's fallen so far. I'm going to say that uh, Aston Villa keeps the run going, their little mini run, and they they beat West Brom one nothing. Yep, I'm with you. Go Villains. All right, and that brings us to the big match. Final fixture of Saturday, West Ham hosting Manchester City. This will obviously the city of Manchester. <laughs> a fine city it is. The whole city is going to be there. All all three hundred thousand Mancunians are going to wow, be there. Wow, even like the babies and the old ladies. Yeah, even the babies and the old ladies. <laughs> what, what an incredible game! I can't wait to watch this on TV to see the, <laughs> the stands filled with all these people. That's mm-hmm. obviously a huge fantasy game here uh, for uh, everyone out there captaining Sergio Aguero. I I can't not captain him. I, th- I think here. I wondered about that. Uh, yeah. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you could see him going wild, getting two goals and assists, <laughs> sixteen points again. Uh, I am not looking for. I, I, I have Pyatt. I kind of hope you don't bring in Pyatt, so there's a little bit of a, a, a mono a mono going on in this uh, one. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh But I think um, it'll be an interesting match. I think that uh, Man City will win. I think they're looking a lot better, and I think they have to be the favorites to win the league at this point. Uh, especially the way Arsenal played the last couple of game weeks. I mean, they they basically. Well, I mean, there's no shame in drawing nil nil at Stoke, but um, that that Liverpool game uh, was was terrible. I mean, they, yeah, they and, gave up and two points. Uh, Arsenal's squad is just looking bedraggled in comparisons to in yeah. comparison to Man City's squad that's now on the upswing. They really need Sanchez back. So Aguero captaining here, um, or else the other big option I think is in the next fixture, Everton at home hosting Swansea. Lukaku is due for a haul, and I feel, I feel like that's a good differential captain this week. That's who I'm planning to captain at the moment, yeah. for sure. Um, I think uh, it makes the most sense, uh, just given how well he's performed at home over the course of the season. His form is terrible, though, so it just depends on how much you how much you value that. I, I mean, haven't I haven't watched. If I had Aguero, I'd probably captain him too, to be honest. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably just captain both of them. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's um, good. I can't believe it. Nobody's thought of that. <laughs> uh, but it, it's easy to call this a win for Everton. Um, they'll be seething after that draw against Chelsea, and uh, yeah. not not that not that having terrible results land on their plate at the end of games have caused Martinez to turn the ship around in the last month. But <laughs> right, right. Uh, okay, so that brings us to so yeah, I think Man City three uh, one Man City uh, over West Ham is my prediction. Okay, and and Pyatt with a sensational free kick for that that goal. I'll say assist, free kick to Antonio that Antonio connects on. I kind of sure, like that I, guy. Antonio is an interesting midfielder. If you wanted, a, I mean, you know, Pyatt's obviously the player you'd want there. But if you uh, didn't, if you didn't have Pyatt money, uh, uh-huh. you could definitely look at Antonio as an interesting option. And Antonio is only appealing because he actually plays. If you he gets minutes, a guy looks like a bowling ball just sort of rolling around the field four goals and two assists though in the last five fixtures i i i don't know i i don't or two like goals and, excuse me two goals and four assists not four goals i, and two I, I do not for the record i do not like antonio all right but if, if he's only 5.2 million so if you needed it if you know if, if you're trying to bring in uh sergio aguero and you and you're like kevin de Bruyne, you're out i need five million i think that is an interesting option to look at all right. You're the one right. talking about how good these West Ham fixtures are. Even if yes. you don't start him every game week, he's not a bad option. Yeah, but they have 10 other players on the field that you can bring in, apart from Antonio. <laughs> I, right. I, actually, if I was going to make any sub last week, which I chose, uh, any transfer last week, which I chose not to, it was going to be Adrian, the West Ham goalkeeper, and I would have started mm-hmm. him against Newcastle. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, you got lucky. All right, let's let's keep let's keep move, keep moving here. We're at we're at the nine hour mark. Uh, uh, so Sunday morning, Everton hosts Swansea. Uh, I've already talked about this. Are we are we like looping? Am I caught in a time loop? A looper esque time loop right now? <laughs> you did bring up Lukaku, didn't you? I did. Yeah, we we basically predicted Lukaku is probably going to get a good haul in this game, which I believe means we're calling this a win for Everton. And yes. probably a, a very good opportunity for Everton to get a clean sheet. Yeah, which uh, which which means they won't. So let's say uh, let's <laughs> say it's another two two draw. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
I mean, at this point, we're not even calling uh, wins or losses for Everton. We're just trying to predict if Lukaku is going to score or not. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay, and that brings us to uh, the final fixture of the game week, uh, Arsenal hosting Chelsea. Uh, I am actually planning to start Hector Bellerin in this game. I don't feel too too nervous about that. Uh, that that transfer has actually worked out really well. Uh, started started off a little rocky. Uh, with the four nothing loss to Southampton, but otherwise he's just he's so steady. Yeah. Uh, you know, would have liked a couple more bonus points. Koscielny, I, I, between those two, he would have been the player to bring it. I guess it was kind of a coin flip. Yeah, uh, or or Nacho. Yeah, or not or Nacho for that matter. Yeah. So um, I think Arsenal will win this match. I think they need to win this match. Well, if they don't win this match, then they'll lose the league. Uh, to me, there's no doubt about that. It would just it will just be so crushing if yeah. they lose. They have they, they, it's it's crazy. Like they're like the only team that hasn't beaten Chelsea this year. Like <laughs> yeah. everyone's had their fun except for Arsenal. So it's time for <laughs> Arsenal uh, to to get their win against Chelsea. I predict a oh god, I think this is going to be a horrible tense game. I I will predict a one nothing Arsenal win. I think they'll score early and then yeah. hold on for like seventy eight minutes <laughs> with a Giroud goal. <laughs> Okay, that brings us uh, to the end, to the close of another epic episode of Always Cheating. <laughs> I, I hope you're still with us, listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm happy with how this one came out, though. I, like, you know, it's more fun to react than to predict, I will say that much. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're reactors, for sure. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, also Facebook.com slash Always Cheating, and Twitter. Uh, we're at at Hail Cheaters. You can also send us an email. Um, our Gmail account is uh, alwayscheating at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I have two things left to say. Hail Cheaters and Poku forever. Praise Poku. Can't wait to see you in March, Poku. <laughs> we love you, Poku. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.